Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Kia ora and welcome to Season 5 of the Aotearoa Rugby Pod. Rugby season is upon us again and it'd be fair to say we're relatively excited. This week we're going to be talking to captains from the Chiefs and the Crusaders and the Reds and the Waratahs and the Hurricanes. We've got plenty to talk about and of course the blokes in studio with me, the geeks who love rugby on the inside, who do what we do, letting you know how it works from people on the inside of rugby. First person to talk to, James Parsons, former Blues Centurion <coughs> and All Black, Chipper. No pants on. Nah. Looking good after the summer. No, nah, look, just thought I'd you know set the tone for a little summer summer leading. It's hot outside, but uh, pretty excited to see the season starting. Yeah, the tan is good though. You got to show that <laughs> off. You've been working on that. Oh yeah, it's a bit of time on the golf course over the summer holiday, so got the got the pins out. Speaking of solid tan, Bryn Hall uh, <laughs> in the screen, always looking very brown, no matter what. Is sun, does Bryn sunbed? Is he? Is that what he does? Potentially, he'd be he'd be he'd be high, he'd be a high prospect. Fred, welcome again. Look, I didn't think I was going to make it, boys. I honestly didn't think I was going to make it, considering we had a seven-day camp in our off-season. So you had a camp in the middle of season just to make sure you were fit enough. Yeah, it was. Uh, we're the only team in Japan. I think there's thirty odd teams here. We're the only team to go through a pre-season during season. So um, <laughs> it was lovely to re um, to reconnect with the boys, our company boys, be able to get away for uh, seven days, but. No, we had a um, we had a wrestling camp. Um, John Donahue, who's a um, who's a well-known man here in Iwata, he um, he put us through his paces. We did a lot of contact loads. So um, yeah, mouth guard was on Jipper, and um, a few a few high high impacts during the uh, seven days. The boys love working over here, so um, you earn you definitely earn your yen money over here, Jipper. But um, we're sitting fifth, but Toshiba looking pretty nice with Richie Moanga running the cutter. He's um, He's definitely chucking them on his back and um, hopefully, you know, you guys are getting some coverage of seeing Richie and some great uh, world-class players over here in Japan. We have to jump into that mouth guard chat as well later on. We're going to look at the rules today um, that are coming up into Super Rugby. Of course, Super Rugby has its own rules, which are not always the same as World Rugby's rules. And the mouth guard is one of the things that we'll be looking at. The impact mouth guard is in play and Jipper knows a little bit about that. So we'll be visiting that very, very soon. We'll talk a bit about ruck speed and TMOs and all of those kind of things. But probably first and foremost, Super Rugby starts this weekend and it starts with an absolute belter of a game. The Chiefs versus the Crusaders, the repeat of last year's final. A very exciting match, considering the Chiefs will be feeling absolutely gutted still about how that just got away from them. And the Crusaders, of course, have got, without Richie Moonga, some things to do to prove that they're still the top dog. Jipper, this is the fight for the number one, do you think, if you look towards the end of the season? Uh, no, I wouldn't rush to that. 
I definitely think um, you know the consistency of the squad for the Chiefs is a, is a big um, aspect for them to be picked probably be in, in the final again, maybe coming first. But um, as you say, there's quite a lot of change um, down in Canterbury at the Crusaders, so uh, opportunity aplenty. I'm really excited to see um, Rivers Rayhana. It looks like just based on preseason form, he's going to get that 10 jersey. Um, but a lot will fall on the shoulders of, of players like a Will Jordan, your Seva Reese, your Ryan Crotties to, to make sure that you know they, they allow, I suppose, Rivers to to be able to perform as, as we've seen them for Northland and the NPC. Bryn, obviously you know plenty about how the Crusaders work. When you look at a guy like Rivers Rayhana coming in to, to be the pivot when they've lost so many people to injury and lost, of course, Richie Moonga to Japan, how do the Crusaders go about making sure that he's up to the task from day one? When I first went down at the Crusaders, you know, Richie wasn't the incumbent around um, Test Match footy and was kind of going through the, the the teething process of being able to be a, a number 10 at Super Rugby level. But I think what Rivers has has done, and also Taha Kimara, he's a young guy that was in that environment last year who could be in and around that starting 10 role. I think the forward pick is going to play a massive part for that Crusaders team this year. I remember when we first got there, we had a, we had a world-class, a lot of All Blacks in that environment, guys that have played a lot of rugby at Super Rugby level and Test Match level. I think it's going to do a U-turn in and around. That forward pack is going to be the dominance around that side. And so the set piece, um, a lot of guys that have been there for a long time, I think they're going to be the kind of instrument of them moving forward for this year. But, um, you know, I think with Ryan Crotty coming back, that's a great signing, I believe. And also Levar Moore, who obviously wants to be able to play um, internationally. We've been having an opportunity with Jack Goodhue going. Um, I believe there's still enough there for that Crusaders team to to be there or thereabouts, but obviously losing a guy like Richie Mwanga and, and Sam Whitelock. And considering the draw that they do have, I think they've got two home games in the first 10 rounds. So they're going to go through a bit of a gauntlet in terms of um, having, a, having a win away from home. So I'm not too sure where they're going to finish on the table. I think the Chiefs and the Blues, they're pretty dominant, I think, with their squads that they've had and more so the Chiefs, um, the kind of turnover that they've had and the experience of that group. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they go this week considering there's a few injuries with the, um, with the Crusaders at the moment. Bryn, just to be clear, did you suggest that the Crusaders aren't in your top two favourites for the title this year? Um, I have, well, just considering with their, the injuries that they do have, like I'm not too sure what's happening with um, some of their players and knowing that there's their All Blacks coming back, um, they come later in, in the first part of that season and their draw that they do have, I think I've got them coming in third in that, in that draw, uh, coming into the final. So, um Again, we'll back them at the back end of the year. They always show their strength at the back end of the year when they get that continuity and all the players will be able to have good minutes. But I think with the Chiefs and the Blues in their squad that they do have, I think they're warranted around on paper to be you know, the top two teams at, at this stage. Chipper, <clears throat> I'm, like, I'm presuming that the Blues are in your top two. <laughs> of course. And, and that's where you see this going. Do you also see the Crusaders possibly sitting third or fourth wherever, where the Brumbies are or, I, or the Waratahs? I think the hard thing is at this time of the year, like preseason forms one thing. Like, trust me, I've won many a preseason cup. <laughs> and then, you know, come to the, the real deal, uh, you don't deliver. But you would have to think the Chiefs and the Blues are. Uh, you know, what everyone expects to be one and two. And I've been really impressed with the Blues. Like, you didn't know what to expect um, with a new coaching group and a bit of change, but um, Stephen Pettifitt has really grabbed that team and he looks he looks red hot. Um, so, yeah, they're there. But the Crusaders, <clears throat> I mean, we always have this conversation about the Crusaders if there's, you know, I suppose when Mertens and Marshall left, then it was Carter and Carter left, it was Moonga. So they're always going to fill it. You know, Fergus Burke is injured, so I think he would have been the one that... So he's he's probably added the confusion um, for them uh, around 10. Had he been there, it would be a little bit more settled. 
Um, but I do think Rivers Rehana is a quality player and given the opportunity and being backed, and you know, we've just spoken about the players around them, um, you know, he, he should be able to show up. But like, there's, there's going to be some opportunity at lock with White Lock gone. You know, you've got Jamie Hanna, you've got uh, Taylor Cahill, you've got George Bell filling in in the two jersey while Cody Taylor's away. Um, so there is a bit of youth and, and enthusiasm sprinkled around the Crusaders, which is probably not what we're used to. They've, they've got that experience, but they still have guys, like we've mentioned, even Owen Franks is back there. Um, that experience in and around training prepares these guys to be able to deliver. So I don't think it's a dead set. They're not going to be in the top two, um, but going on current preseason form, I've got them at three. Now, we did get a chance to catch up with both Chiefs captain Luke Jacobson and Scott Barrett, the Crusaders captain, earlier in the week at the Super Rugby launch. We'll be using a few of these interviews that we've done with a bunch of the captains throughout the next few weeks. And it was quite hard to get a, much out of them, <laughs> um, but we, we pried a little bit of juice out of there. They didn't want to give too much away, though, did they? Guys, welcome. Let's start the chat with a bit of run a straight challenge. We've heard some good answers already from a few different people. One person you'd least like to run it straight at, Scott? Oh, uh, LJ's. He's got some solid shoulders on him. Yeah. Concrete shoulders. See a big peep in the Um Probably go maybe like a prof or something. Maybe Ethan DeGroote, one of those bigger boys, but a bit of more mass behind them, eh? So like you peel out around the side and he's waiting there for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you've got to be going a bit faster to try and dent them, sort of thing. Probably dent you a bit more than you dent him. <laughs> yeah, well, Jibber, yours? Who's Oh, it would be offer for me. Yeah, he snapped me that many times at training, so I've just got demons in my head from him. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into round one. Luke, obviously we had the final last year between your two teams. It was a cracker. The end of the game was nail-biting for, I think, everybody. When you saw this was first up, what was your reaction? Yeah, I think it's really exciting, eh? Um, obviously, still a lot of bad blood in the mouth about last year. It was a tough, tough um, loss to take as... Um, I imagine any final losses, but um, exciting to see that we get to have a little bit of a rematch round one. Obviously, it's not the one that matters the most, but um, it'll be exciting to get out and um, also put, put to practice what we've been training during the preseason. Um, hope we like to think that we've taken steps forward uh, and to try it out against the best team last year. Um, that's pretty bloody good, yeah. Scott. If you look at, I suppose, the shoes to be filled, Rob Penny, good Canterbury man, very successful at NPC level. Him coming back into the fold, how have you felt his sort of uh, engagement with the squad? Yeah, um, been impressed with Rob so far. I've only had a few interactions with him, uh, I guess with the group, been up in the UK last couple of weeks and um, naturally with the, yeah, bit of a delayed start from uh, the All Blacks guys, so... Uh, initially, and in talking with the boys, he's had a good impact, and um, I guess it's refreshing as well, um, putting his own twist on things, and yeah, excited to see um, yeah how, how he gets the group going this year. Luke, obviously Amoni Nawara came out, um, had that sort of stellar year, rookie year. Do you see anyone else of the, the younger players uh, making a statement? I suppose Brad's moved on. There's a couple of young halfbacks there that'll be fighting it out. Yeah, we've got some real good competition between um, the halfbacks, Xavier and uh, Cortez, and you've got Triple T, who's a bit more experienced there as well. Um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see who gets a nod first round. Uh, there's been a few Lucys as well, young Lucys that have been um, really having a crack for, uh, I guess, Sam's not there this year, so there's an extra Lucy spot there. 
um, Malachi Rampling, um, Simon Parker, and um, Wallace Satiti have all been going pretty hard at each other. So, uh, hold up, mate. Do you know to go that hard, or do you go? No, give it, give it to me now. At training. No, I think it's. Um, I think boys, you earn boys respect by coming in and going hard and showing what you're about. It's when young boys come in and be passive and oh, should I do that? Should I do? Should I do this? It's um, probably a little bit more concerning. But when the boys just go get it, get stuck in and. Um, look, look for help, ask, ask questions, um, I think that's pleasing to see. Got one question left for you then. Uh, Crusaders player, young guy that everyone should watch out for this year, who could make a real big impact. Uh, Jamie Hanna. Yeah, why's that? Um, I, I guess he's, um, oh, he's oppressed me, uh, I guess last year coming in and training a young guy. Um, yeah, who's pretty talented, he's got some skills and um, yes, starting to learn how to use his body, so yeah, I think he'll have an impact this season. What key skills should people look out for from him, do you think? Um, I don't know if you... Oh, he's, he did a nice offload up in the UK to sort of set up a try, so um, yeah. He's got good aerial skills and a wee offload, so uh, that's something to look out for. Oh, nice, nice. You, Luke, from the Chiefs? Yeah, I guess... Probably go back to the halfbacks. I guess Portier's probably made a little bit of a name for himself last year. I think Xavier will make a bit of a name for himself this year. Um, as I said, it'll be good competition between the two, but um, not sure who's going to get the who's going to get the nod. But I think Xavier will impose himself on the competition pretty well, whether he's starting or off the bench. Yeah. So that's who Luke and Scott think are their players look out for within their squads. Uh, Bryn, I'm really interested to hear, if you're looking across this competition, who are the three players you're really looking out for to make an impact this year? Oh, I think for me, selfishly, being a halfback and with Aaron Smith going, um, there's a lot of good nines floating around um, to be able to try and make that next jump to be able to um, get into that number nine for, for the All Blacks or in that kind of pecking order. I think, look, Falao Fakatava. I think with Aaron Smith going, um, it's due a big season. I think having that responsibility of being able to, um, you know, run the team, uh, run the team by himself with um, with obviously the number 10 and, and that group, I think it's going to be a really important year for him. By all accounts, when I look at the preseason, he's had some really good touches. They've been able to build minutes coming to the early part of the year. So he's definitely a guy that um, I'm really excited to, to watch. I think Cortez at our team with the Chiefs as well, with Brad Weber leaving, he's going to be in a very similar situation with Xavier Rowe, Tetoiro, Tahuru Orangi is there, but um, he's in a very similar position where he's been talked around with the All Blacks as well. Uh, but I think also, you know, Jacob Nixon, Nipkins, Ratamatavuki with the Highlanders, he's definitely one guy that I'm looking forward to watching. I think given the opportunity, to, wasn't able to do that with the Blues because there's obviously so much... Um, so much players and been able to um, play the, play with the winger and fullback role with that group. Um, it's going to be great to be able to see him playing that fullback role. And lastly, you know, Jimmy the Jimmy the Jet, Tava Tava Nabwai, I think his move from one Pacific to the Highlanders is just going to add to that back three and having that punch to be able to, to beat people one-on-one or being able to go over them that he's shown with Tasman and, and one Pacific. So, you know, those are the, a couple of guys that I'm looking forward to looking forward to watching this year. Yeah, I've I've made note of similar ones, so I won't go down the nines. I mean, you missed my boy Cam Royga, but it's let you off. Um, but he's already I, in there, mate. I think if the, the teams the teams who are going to win, Stephen Petafeta for me, like it's his team. There's no confusion over that. He's really demanded that authority and direction um, for the Blues in that preseason. Just how clinical they've been in the 22. Like we talk about the Crusaders all the time. 
they get into the 22, they come away with points. Like the the execution and delivery when they've been in the 22 for the Blues in preseason. I know it's preseason and played Japanese sides in their break, but you still got to do it. And they've got a, they've got a way of doing it with rolling the sleeves up. The forwards look like they just get in there to go to work, but then they've got the skill set to free up guys like Caleb Clark and co out wide. So, and I think Stephen's a big part of that that confidence and the way he's driving. So I'm I'm really excited to watch him, hopefully step up and play more international rugby in that 10 jersey. Um, I've got Damien McKenzie. Mm-hmm. I think I, th- I, I think you know where I'm going here. These yep. are the key players that if you're going to win titles, um, so him owning 10. Um, and, and really showing us um, what he's made of so that he gets that all-black 10 jersey will be a big part in the Chiefs going all the way. So do you think that Stephen Pettifetter has a chance, just to go back to your previous point, of maybe being the all-black 10 to Damien McKenzie? Do you think that that's a serious prospect? Well, from what I've seen pre-season, he looks pretty focused. He's delivered for a number of years at NPC level. He has played 15 a lot when Bodie's been at the Blues. He's had the odd. This is, this is it. Like, if he can take the Blues all the way... Um, one, I'll be um, super stoked. Um, <laughs> but I think that will be a, a command. Like, Damien's got the inside running. There's mm. no doubt about that. But if he can keep this form, uh, there's no reason why he can't play good minutes at all-black level. The next question for you guys is the dark horse. Who are you thinking? Highlanders. Highlanders. Yeah, I, I've just been so... You can almost feel the energy and, I suppose, the mana. Um, and I don't want to put it all on... Jamie Joseph's shoulders, but there is an edge about the way they've played preseason. Brutal in the collision areas. Uh, I think they've got some players, you know, I, I want to highlight um, Tanielu Talia, who's from Auckland, he's been at the Blues, but just had injury after injury. Um, I think we've seen preseason what he can do in that 12 jersey, and he, he gives a real strong platform for them to, to play off. And, and there's a lot of young guys around him, so he is quite an experienced player in terms of years in Super Rugby squads. He hasn't got as many games as he'd like, but I think he's a, he's a great get um, mm. for them. And I, I just think their pack, it, it reminds me of 2015, you know, like everyone sort of just didn't expect them to do anything and they almost had that chip on the shoulder. Um, it's very reminiscent of the run they went on. I don't think they're going to top, um, you know, the, the table, but I think they'll be third, fourth, maybe fifth and have that ability to... Um, you know, do what they did and, and do the quarter semi and the final and, and take it all away. Away from home, probably. Yeah. When you look at them on paper, you know, you wouldn't say that they're really a championship contender, but you probably didn't say that in 2015 either. No. Uh, where, where it's different, um, Aaron Smith, Lima Sopawanga. Mm. You know, that is probably the only area, but I think, you know, Bryn's mentioned it, Falau Whakatawa has got a point to prove. You know, Cam Roygaard sort of come onto the scene and is the new big thing. Finlay Christie's still there. Um, uh, Cortez Ratama. So he's got everything to prove. And by the looks, he's going to have a very, very hungry and enthusiastic forward pack that will give him that platform. Bryn, your dark horse. Uh, mine are actually the um, the Hurricanes. I just think, look, um, considering the depth that I, I believe that they have in that back line, you've obviously got TJ Pedernada coming back into that group. You've got Cam Roygaard, who you know, is pushing for higher on and else to be that starting nine and you look at the kind of midfield of, you know, Sullivan, Proctor, you've got Rayasi, um, you've got Love, um, Balin Sullivan. You've just got so much depth in and around that back line. And I think they've got enough in that forward pack considering their tight five with the likes of Lomax, Mafaleo, Amua, Namir, Stones. Those guys have played a lot of footy at Super Rugby level. And so I think, you know, 
the one area possibly you might have to think would be the locking stocks. But, you know, with Walker Leawetty, he's another guy that I think has been there for a long time and it's probably time for him to be able to stand up and be that, that number one lock within the leadership role and being able to, to move forward for that group. You've also got Tucker, who comes in, who Jip raves about and what he can bring to that group and obviously Delaney, who's a young man coming through that system. So I think collectively they've got a lot of depth in and around their, their, their backs and they've got enough in their tight five. And I think their biggest strength is their loose forward trio. Man, the depth that they have at that loose forward trio, and that's to say with Artie Sevier going, you know, you've still got a, a really good uh, loose forward trio of Flanders, um, Brandon Yuase, um, who else is in there? You've got Shields. Peter Larkai, who's had a great form. Yeah, Shields comes back and captains the side. So if you're talking around depth, and especially the attrition rate of what's probably required in the loose forward trio that we've talked about at rugby, I think the, the Hurricanes, um, you know, have, have plenty of options at that loose forward trio. And based on preseason, Duplessis Karufi's just mm. <laughs> continuing his form that he's had for a number of years as well. So, um, you know, we, we sort of touched on it with Brad, which will, um, you know, probably off camera more so, but he, he said, you know, like there's no guarantees. Mm. Um, even though he's, you know, in that captain's role, he's still got to go out there and earn it. So I think, I think they're a squad that can go all the way. And I suppose that's probably why I haven't seen them as a dark horse. But just as you were naming off all those players, I think Brett Cameron's crucial. He's played for the All Blacks. Mm. You know, there is opportunity for him to get further test cats because before he got injured, he was really running the ship tightly with the Hurricanes last season. Is he a championship team? Yeah, he is? I, I think he is. Um, and, and purely because he's a selfless team and he utilises the X factor he has around him. But he's also firm enough, he has control on what's happening and when they want to be tactical um, for, for that territory or when they want to have a lick. But... It's, it's not only his ability to orchestrate, it's the way he runs when he doesn't have the ball and that he can sort of create defenders in that mismatch. And when you've got you know, such powerful athletes outside him, it becomes very hard to stop. And then once people turn to trying to stop them, then it creates opportunities for him. And in his passing game um, is second to none. So I, I definitely think he's got the ability to go all the way. And just, and just on that as well, I think, you know, I look at probably early in, in Richie's career, you're looking at a 10, right, who obviously, you know, wasn't perceived as world-class or where he was right now. Having a guy outside, outside him is going to be really important. Having a guy like Geordie Barrett, who's the incumbent 12 and has a skill set in and around what's required as a 12 in world, in, in world rugby, he's going to be massive for Brett Cameron. So with all the people that I talked about with the depth that they have with their, their backs, a guy like Geordie Barrett is going to be massive for Brett Cameron's um, development throughout this tournament for sure. Now, we spoke before about how we've spoken to Brad Shields at the Super Rugby launch. Brad's been through an interesting time over the last few years. He's gone to England. He's been a test player, suddenly not a test player. Injury kept him out of a World Cup, and he was never seen again for England. We spoke to him about Eddie Jones. We spoke to him about Wasps going under. We spoke to him about to turn to New Zealand. And the chances of maybe being an all-black after three years out and being very much eligible. So what was it like walking back into the changing room? I suppose there weren't that many faces who were the same after your years away. No, well, I mean, there's a few few nappies floating around now. Uh, <laughs> there's a young young sort of demographic in the in the squad, but at the same time, there's a lot of guys who sort of were coming into the fold as I was leaving. So you know, Duplessis, uh, Braden, De- Devon, you you got Billy, you got uh, Peter, Magis, and Jordy yourself. So like, there's there's a, a group of guys now who are the core group of the Hurricanes that are still there and moving into those leadership roles. So um, very encouraging and, and it's also very fresh, so it's nice. And I suppose with a new All Black coaching group coming in, those young men are like, they're at the position where they, they want to make that step up and they've probably had enough runs on the board to actually start claiming those spots. 100% and um, and I think it just adds a little bit of extra motivation, you know, and 
and, and, and obviously getting some consistent game time helps with that. So goals will be looking for that, looking for consistency. Uh, they'll be looking to put as much minutes, as many minutes, sorry, my English is, is terrible, uh, as many minutes on the pitch as possible. And, and I think it's only going to help the team as well. Like you look at the depth, um, the competition at training, where we can't ask for much more and everyone's fine for a position and everyone stays healthy. It's only going to help our performance. I suppose it's nice having the captaincy armband there because you know at least you're going to get a couple of starts. <laughs> well, I've had that conversation with Clark. He's, a, he's pretty firm with having to earn my spot and I think that's, um, that's sort of the way you want to be. Like, There's no freebies in, in rugby and, and, and that's exactly how you want it. You want that fight for those positions and, and the more I can do to get on the pitch is going to help the team and, and hopefully lead by example is always going to put us in a better position. So uh, fingers crossed I can get a, a few games under the belt. <laughs> Have you signed that piece of paper that can uh, make you available? The way for the All Blacks? <laughs> <laughs> haven't even thought about that. Oh, I've got, I've please. To, I've got to think about the Hurricanes first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good answer, good That's answer. That's a good lie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good lie. But looking back at your time in England, you obviously you've seen some interesting things along the way. You're at Wasps and the club folded. You know, you played under Eddie Jones. You've had some experiences over there that are quite different from anything you would have experienced here. Maybe we'll start with Wasps. What did you learn from that experience of being at a club that suddenly doesn't exist? It's pretty tough to go through something like that. And I think it was, you know, I've said a few times uh, of late, you know, it's, it's a pretty difficult situation to be in and be treated like that. It's, it's pretty tough. Um, but at the end of the day, somewhere along the line, it's going to make you a better human being and a better person. You look at life certain, certainly a little bit differently. And, and for us and my wife and my family, like, taught, taught us a lot about ourselves and, and our sort of stress levels and anxiety levels. But... Um, you got to just enjoy what's in front of you and, and, and it's making me appreciate rugby a little bit more day in and day out and, and you never know when it's going to finish and, and you know, Jipper obviously being recently retired from rugby, it's going to happen someday and it's just, you know, you probably don't expect it to happen that quickly but you got to be prepared for it and, and so I'm just enjoying it as much as I can at the moment. Does it make you appreciate the way we do things here? Where I, I, when I look up there I think they're treated more like cattle, whereas here, you know, it's a bit more about the people and the players. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say like cattle. Like there's, there's, you know, there's obviously that perception, and but, but we had a really good team culture within you know, the last couple of years at Wasps, and and we got on really well. We had some real success, you know, there towards the end of COVID, making the Premiership final, and um, and I think that there obviously is a difference being. Um, owner-driven or one owner-driven and, and once the owner sort of doesn't want to put any more money into a team, you know, where, where do you go to from there? So, um, yeah, I guess I guess in a way there's, there's some regulation within New Zealand and, and obviously New Zealand rugby um, are at the forefront of that. So I guess that's uh, security in a sense. And But, I mean, no matter what team you're in, you think you've got security when you sign a contract. So it's, it's quite a difficult one to swallow. But, look, I think rugby in a whole up in the UK, they've had to sort of have it a bit of a reform and look at the way they do things so it doesn't happen again. And unfortunately, you know, we're one of three at the moment and... And obviously with Australia as well, it's a, it's a touchy subject. So rugby's got a, a few curveballs curve to come, I think. Not to uh, keep going at the uh, hard questions there, Brad. Um, but Eddie Jones, your experience with him in England, you know, he's copped a bit of flack, but, you know, he must be uh, pretty handy because his record's, uh, you know, pretty strong. Yeah, I'm, I loved it uh, being in that environment and, and being coached by him and, and Steve Warthwick as well. And I think for me... Their, their, their standard is, is, is right up there and um, they expect a lot from their players and um, they, they drove a lot of connection within the group when I was there and, and I think it just got the best out of me and yeah Eddie, Eddie's a colourful character and, and I think a lot of the stuff that he does is probably he, he sort of does it to take a little bit of heat off the team you know so um, and all they can do is focus on their performance so look uh, some real interesting at times over the last sort of sort of couple of years but at the same time I, I really enjoyed it and I reckon it was 
you know, some of the best rugby that I've ever played and um, yeah, grateful to be in that environment and be coached by a couple of the best coaches in the world at the moment. Are the players laughing when they see the quotes from Eddie, you know, because they know what he's about? Yes, I mean, a lot of the, we don't really see it a lot of the time, you know, like you think, I guess it is, I guess it's a little bit comical because, you know, um, you kind of get one side to Eddie and then when, when you're back in front of the team, it's, it's a little bit different because is it probably a little bit more intimate and um, you probably see a little bit more than what, what the media sees and, and what the general public sees. So, You've got a new coach, Clark Laidlaw. Um, you're obviously a new captain. You come in together at the same time. How do you form that relationship and how do you build what you want out of the leadership team together? I think Clarky has been instrumental so far in uh, uh, jumping in with the Hurricanes and obviously had, had history with the team as well. So sort of semi-successful, made the final in, in 2015 and and I think that sort of adds a little bit of motivation and a little bit of passion behind the, the Hurricanes brand. And Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Busy and, and one of the biggest things he wanted to sort of drive was that connection within the group, um, connection with the leaders and then connection with the rest of the team. And the more we can understand each other, the more, more we can understand about you know, where the Hurricanes are from, our regions, where everyone comes from. I think it's just be better for the performance. And, and obviously rugby is rugby and you've got to play good rugby. But the more we can do around the group um, in terms of belonging and, and making sure everyone's bring, putting their best foot forward, training hard, working hard um, and appreciated being in the, in the environment. And Kluggy's doing that really well and he's got some really good ideas of how you want to play. Um, and yeah, hopefully we, we, we'd be really successful this season and, and we're hoping to, to go a couple more than uh, quarterfinal against the rugby's. What does that look like week to week, the team bonding and those kind of things? Is it organised, scheduled into the day, or is it more organic? Oh, there's a couple of organised things. Like we're, we're, it's, very, it's, it's a hard one in rugby because what you don't want is forced fun, and I think it's got to be genuine fun, and, um, and we're really conscious of that. But at the same time, sometimes that needs to be facilitated so you can end up having certain conversations, like pretty small things, but for Monday we always have lunch together, at, or during the season we'll be having lunch together. So small things like that where you can go and chat and sit next to other guys, um, you know, went up to the Hawks Bay, uh, to Balin's Marae, uh, where the cyclone hit, and, and just being able to see guys like you're having a different passion, a different purpose, it brings you a little bit closer, and um, and those things are pretty genuine. And um, and I know a lot of teams are trying to do that at the moment, but you know that could be the difference in winning a Super Rugby title. You know, mm. a few of the coaches that you're with are pretty much the same age as you. You played with Corey, you got Tyler Blandale, you got Brett Evans. You know what I mean? Like he's a, yeah, Corey's. Corey's a little bit older, but you know you played with him. What's it like being, I suppose, a senior player and being involved with coaches who were 
teammates or contemporaries of yours? And, and, and is that an easier thing to do in, in some ways than maybe the old-fashioned thing where a coach was 20, 30 years older than you? Yeah, I th- it's a funny one because I was playing against Whopper, you know, Tyler, yeah, the year older, and, and CJ's pro- Clark, he's only, only even known Clark as a coach. But I think it's, it's an interesting one because there's, there's always a natural, not, I wouldn't say divide is probably not the right <laughs> word, but maybe a separation between coaches and players, and that's just how it has to be because that's sort of the, the environment, the coaches are coaches at the end of the day. But I think it probably allows me you to share ideas a little bit more f- freely, if that makes sense. Like, there's probably not that big traditional brick wall where you're like, I'm a bit nervous to go to a coach and, and, and say something new or come up with a new idea or, or, or when you're talking about standards, you know, you can have those open conversations. And, and I think guys coming, you know, relatively new out of rugby, they've still got a, a, a creative mindset in terms of what, what rugby is now and, and how you can sort of bend the rules a little bit or change the way you play. And, and, and I guess that's with CJ and Tyler's biggest job, the defense, how can we, you know, do things a little bit differently in attack and D and how can we excite people and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, having that rugby now, so just coming out of rugby, almost still connected to the game in a certain way. You, you know how the players feel. So hopefully we can sort of use that to our advantage, I suppose. Before we let you go, we've got some quick fire questions for you. Now we've asked this question of everybody, well, I'll spin it differently for you. Um, the, you have to put my uh, age on. 30, 30. T- <laughs> <laughs> it's not just you, mate. It's, it's, everybody, it's everybody else. I, you, you, do have the high, you do have the highest number. I'm not, not going to say anything else. <laughs> the question was... <laughs> running it straight. One player in any club around the world that you've played against who you do not want to run it straight at. Of late, this has only come of late because I played with him over in France, is Posolo Tolangi. Oh, yeah. He is one of the biggest humans yeah, I've yeah. ever... Maybe, maybe him running straight at me, I wouldn't like, but yeah, he's, he's definitely doing some damage for a, for a 20-year-old. He's um, a big man, isn't he? He's it? a big man, and, and he's, like, he's got a motor on him too, so yeah, of late, he's probably one of the ones. Worst roomie, and why? Throughout your career. Holy. Probably Reggie Goods. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. He's like Snorlax. <laughs> Loves to sleep. If you wake him up too early or destroy your sleep, he's a pest to be around during the day. Yeah. But maybe because I'm close to him. I yeah. appreciate that a bit. <laughs> he snores? Uh, yeah, he snores, yeah. He's yeah. the biggest prankster as well. Oh, I can't yeah, imagine too. Can't imagine it would be easy. Yeah. Oh, you're going, easy to, your, going, you're going to your room and you're like... Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, what's coming around the corner? You're a nightmare. <laughs> you know, what's he pulled on you? Fair enough. Okay, last but not least, Kane's player that people might not know about or should know about who you think's going to go ballistic this year? It's a good question. There's probably a few of those, actually. I think um, I think Southport's going to have a, a really good season, you know. Um, he's obviously had a, a, a bit of a tough run with injury, so keep him on the field. And I mean, you just saw, you know, when he came back into Mida 10 at the end, of how, how exciting he was and how powerful yeah. athlete he was. Uh, I think someone like a Peter Larkler is going to be pushing, pushing the boys hard for a starting spot this year. You know, another athlete... Um, and we're absolutely spoiled with them. And probably an outside, like, outside choice, it's someone like Josh Morby. Like, you watch him during pre-season and the kid's just got an absolute motor on him. Like, he's running a whole two or three days more than everybody else. Him and Ruben Love, like, I think when you've got guys like that who just eat relentless work rate, like, get around the pitch. You see it during minor two cut. When he gets the ball, you like, so you could, like, bring the game open here, you know? Um, so I'm excited to see a few of those guys play. You've actually got, if you look at the squads as a whole, the Hurricanes have got quite a... Uh, I suppose well experienced. Yes, they're young, but they've got a, like there's not too many new faces. Right? No, like there's, there's, there's 
obviously guys who have been around for, you know, you, what you call group to be around four or five years and then you can see the consistency starts to pick in. I think we're sort of hitting that at the moment. Um, there is a there is some guys who earn experience, but majority of guys have had super rugby experience, played pretty decent minutes for Mitre 10 Cup, you know, a few All Blacks who you can share some of that experience as well. So it's pretty exciting. So plenty of players to watch within that Hurricanes camp, but what about those guys that no one's ever seen before coming into this competition this year? Who's your rookie to look out for? Um, I'm going to go for a young man that's playing for the Drua, Isaiah Armstrong Ravola. The reason I'm saying that is because he had some opportunities off the bench for Manawatu, and he's just one of those natural players that has time. Even when there's line speed pressure, he looks completely relaxed. He, he, he is prepared to pull the trigger. He has a beautiful flat pass, um, he's, he's explosive and, and he can probably play 10-15. Um, I don't know where they see him, I haven't got any footage um, of the draw, but um, I, I hopefully that they see him playing, playing a starting role, um, if not so definitely a, a bench role and I think he's the sort of player that will announce himself. Bryn, how about you? Maka Springer is one that comes to mind at Super Rugby level, I think Considering with Leicester fighting the Nuku gone in that winger role um, with, with Lee Halfpenny being injured and obviously not sure around what's happening with Will Jordan, I think he's going to have a massive play and probably be in and around the starting and be able to give a massive impact for, for the Crusaders. I've also gone um, for the Highlanders, the number 10. Obviously, Reese Patchell has come from Wales, who is going to bring a different um, skill set for that Highlanders team. But AJ Faliafanga is one number 10 to, to watch. I think he's very... Very similar to Alima Sipawanga, actually, and Richie Mwanga with his kind of movements that he has as a 10. And um, I think he's one guy with Cam Miller, who's obviously the other number 10 there. I think he's definitely one guy that if Rhys Patchell um, isn't the guy moving forward, um, he's definitely a guy with number 10 who is a, who's kind of has a big future. So those are the two the two men um, that I've chosen to look out for this year's rookies. And what we haven't spoken about so far is the Aussies and the impact they'll have on this competition. Bryn, when you look over the Tassie, which squad is the squad that you think is going to make a real impact? The Rebels. <laughs> I, sorry, I've got them coming last. Sorry, Rebels fans. Um, I've actually got, I've actually got the, um, I've got the Waratahs, man. I, I, we've said it a lot, me and Jip, the past, the past couple of years. But if you, if you look at their squad and the and the amount of Wallabies that they have, especially in crucial positions as well, like you know they should be there or thereabouts. Not you know being the fourth or fifth and being able to really try and you know strive for that home that home semi final. So. I've gone the Waratahs, but at the same time, I actually like the Rebels in terms of what they've done in and around their signs. I think Matt Proctor as a centre is going to be massive for for that group, what he can bring as a player, and I think um, that kind of world-class sentimentship, I don't know if that's a word, but get the idea of now. what um, he can... It is now. Um, and obviously, Tanio Tupo, bringing him in, um, a world-class prop to that environment. But I guess the only bad thing about the Rebels is, and Jip, you know, as a player, if there's a lot of stuff going off the field, um, there's going to be a lot of heat coming on them throughout the duration of the competition, if they're going to be there or not. And by all accounts, with what's happened over there, probably looks like that they're not going to be there. So, um, you know, but the Waratahs are probably my team that I think should make a, a, a big a big movement in this competition. Um, I think the Brumbies are always going to be there. Um, the big thing is if they want to go all the way, Lolosio has to play really well and, and start taking control of, of the side. Yeah, I don't have the Tars in the eight. I, I'm with you, Bryn. Um, and I suppose I compare it to some of the blue squads I was in. Um, on paper, like they should be winning more often than not, but sometimes it's just not clicking. And it just, I think, with a guy like Michael Hooper um, gone um, and just their mm. preseason form, like they've been, their defence is just leaking. 
Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, and they can't score. You know, they can't guarantee themselves to score 40 points a game and, and win at 40-39. So I think there's a lot of work to be done for the Tars. And we caught up with Tars captain Jake Gordon, who spoke a little bit about that, the inconsistency, how good they are on paper and how they expect to be quarter-finalists, but it isn't that easy. The last two years have been OK. Um, you know, I thought in 2022 we had a really strong year of competitive, especially off the back of, of 2021, where we didn't com- compete really that well at all. And last year was really disappointing, where I thought we built quite nicely. Um, you know, we lost that round one game against the Brumbies, which was a big one for us in front of, you know, 27,000, So that that was frustrating. Then it took us about, you know, six games to start playing some decent rugby. and. You know with Super Rugby, it's such a short competition, you don't have much time. So um, we're excited for the year. Um, we've had two trials. We've learned a lot from those two trials. We played the Reds in the last game, and I guess the beauty is we've had 10 days to prepare now. We're not going to play on the weekends. So uh, we're excited for round one up at Suncorp. Now, I have to ask you, mate, because you seem to just do it time and time again. Intercepts. Do you do, like, defensive work on teams, or you just feel like they're a little bit sluggish and trying to get that wide ball like it's freakish how many you've got it's uh i can't give too much away around it but because uh, the halfbacks get the shits with me at training and the tens are like what are you doing you reckon the whole session but you need to practice it um and uh, to be fair our defense coach jason gilmore is exceptional he's quite innovative around how he sees the halfbacks defending and you know it's uh it's a big play if you can pull it off. Well, you've started a trend because halfbacks do have this license now all around the world to sort of shoot and fly, either make a spot hit or go for the intercept. I'd love to say I came up with it. I saw a Welsh halfback do it first. Yeah, he was the first to do it. I'm like, this is epic. Like, if you could just take this, I don't like tackling either. Well, I actually don't mind it. But anyway, I'd rather take an intercept and, and you know, have a go at it. But, yeah, you see, you know, defence changes. Um, you know, and there's an opportunity often off an edge to have a look at it. You saw that and you took the tape straight to the coach, did you? Of course I did. <laughs> Made my own highlights real too, mate. Put me in, coach, I can do this. <laughs> and that's where it's important to skip it. Because then you're like, well, actually, the leadership group approves. <laughs> Let's go from there. Agreed. <laughs> Full agreed. leverage. Full oh, leverage. Good. All right, that's good. As far as the, you've got consistency in the squad. That, that's a real key thing for success in Super Rugby, isn't it? Because you can pick up off those lessons learnt early, like you said last year, and create some consistency rather than having to learn that lesson again. Yeah, I, I think the squad is quite consistent, uh, which is pleasing. But also what we've done, we've got some really good talent in. You know, we've got Moles, who uh, spent some time over at Clermont, uh, did three years there. He's an Australian guy. He's about two metres tall, massive guy. Physical. I don't want to talk down on second rowers, but he's actually... Uh, quite coordinated too which is which is surprising uh, but yeah and he moves yeah and he moves well we'll see about that anyway but he moves really well so and he's a young guy and he's physical and um, you know I'm, ex- I'm excited of him for the year but what we notice around Super Rugby especially in some of the other games you get that 60 minute mark and the good teams roll on a bench and they even go another level so we've got to be able to match up there's always a battle in Australia between NRL and, and Rugby Union Max Jorgensen, can you just probably tell us a little bit about what makes him such a special talent? Obviously, rookie year, he was great, scored a try, I think, with his first touch, made the World Cup squad. He's got so much growth, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like so rare for a guy to be in such a young age and look so deadly. Like, I think the first game he scored two tries on his debut and, you know, he flew out of the blocks and then we played the Hurricanes a week later, he scores a free try in the corner. He's just, 
It's really hard to explain because he's not a massive guy, but he's really strong in contact, strong hips, reads the game really well. He's just a natural football player. He reminds me of Curley when he first started playing. So he's been great. A really unfortunate sort of back end of the year for him. He got a great opportunity to go to the World Cup and copped another injury, but a year on, more experience and... You know, I can imagine he'll be getting better with age. Where do you see him, you know, sort of fitting in fullback wing or? Yeah, fullback possibly, anywhere. Yeah, yeah you know, he's, we got a really strong back three, Dylan Peach and Mark, the one at are deadly, and then you put him in the mix, it's, you know, pretty frightening back three, but he's the sort of guy you can almost put anywhere, he'll do a good job for you. Maybe, hopefully not halfback that, can't do it. One quick question. There was one player in Super Rugby that you'd back yourself running it straight at, who would it be? Nick White. <laughs> <laughs> running in straight? But, uh, yeah, you're running in straight. Can be a teammate of mine? It can be anyone you like. Lockie Switzer. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you are. Jeez. Takes it Darcy's sway. Did he? Between the two of you. Half <laughs> Full of courage. <laughs>
mm. um, in that 30-second time period. Yeah, and if there's collapses, you're going to see that the ball, if it's at the eight's feet, will just be let out. They won't be resetting the scrum, so that's an absolute ripper as well. As far as halfback's concerned, Bryn, at the breakdown, they're going to enforce that five-second clearance off the back. So we're going to see fewer of those caterpillar rucks setting up for the big um, up-and-under or box kick or whatever it might be. You feel like that's a good progression for the game? Oh, definitely. I think, you know, it's been talked around loosely around, you know, being five seconds when they say use it. But to be honest, and especially in international games, it's not really policed that hardly, that hard, sorry, in and around that time frame. So, you know, some good nines or some good you know, defensive coaches will be on that, you know, getting players to shout out one, two, three, four, five. And as a nine, especially if you can't get that, that ball back quick enough, um, it really will um, have an effect on your kicking. So, yeah, I look, I think that's a great initiative and I really hope it's policed early on in, in the competition I, you know there's trends early in the competition that refs tend to to really jump on and I really hope that they can do that because I think that's a great way to be able to speed up the game because the kicking element is going to be in the game with how defenses are like Jip talked around the kicking game is a massive element and I think the DuPont law is a really good one I think you know for our view for our viewers probably education around it is obviously if it with the previous um DuPont law with, with especially the French team if you do kick it long, um, you could just be able to stand still. You didn't have to let the the guy, the winger or the, the chaser or the kicker put you on side and you could just stand there and you know, the opposing player would have to run five metres or do one pass for then you to be able to go forward. So I think to be able to have the game a little bit more fatigue-based, especially for the forward strip, you know as a, as, a, as a hooker or as a tight five, if it's a kick battle of seven to eight kicks and you've got to constantly keep moving back forward, retreat firstly, and then have to be able to keep moving back and forward um, I think it's going to it's going to add more ball and play, and obviously open up the game for opportunities, especially around counter attack or an attacking brand of rugby to be able to um, to try and test tiring tiring defenders and defenses. And when it comes to safety, the impact mouth guards that's something that's going to be in Super Rugby this year. We've seen it in other competitions around the world, but that evolution of rugby where players have to wear the mouth guard through the week, set a base level, and then go and not surpass that base level on the weekend if they get an impact. Surely that's got to be good for the game, Chip. Yeah, I definitely think, look, the technology's in its infancy, so there'll be things that you're going to have to, we'll, we'll have to sort of learn on the go. Um, but I do think, you know, the innovation and where this data could potentially, um, you know, find some solutions to player safety is really exciting. Um, currently, obviously from January 1, uh, World Rugby sort of mandated that players... Um, have to wear it if they want to access HIA. So you don't have to wear it. If you choose not to wear it and they don't have the evidence, then the match day doctor has the ability, if he thinks you've been concussed, or he or she, sorry, thinks um, you've been concussed, they can, re it's recognised and removed, so the match day doctor is recognised and removed, and they don't get to have an HIA without um, the instrumental mouth guard, so they're gone for the game. And are all players happy with that? Um, I don't know. No, um, I don't think anyone likes to be told what to do. <laughs> um, but you've also got to be, understand, I suppose, the hard thing is, is is during the week, like for trainings and stuff, that you wouldn't normally wear a mouth guard because you've got to get a certain load. There's just a lot, there's a lot to go um, before, I suppose, it's a smooth process. What do you mean? You, you, do people not wear mouth guards at training? Just um, well, there's very limited contact mm. sometimes at training, so you'd only wear your mouth guard for contact. And some people are happy not to wear mouth guard if contact's at sort of 75, 80 percent. So um, even like malls and stuff, um, yeah, 
So I just think you've got to get a certain amount of load to be able to access HIA on game day. Mm. And I think it's 50, no less than 50% of the highest user. So if, if, say, it's 90 minutes, the highest user at 90 minutes, they can't. And if I only have it in my mouth for 44 minutes, I don't get the benefit. I'm, I'll go to recognise and remove, even though I've got the mouth guard. Right. So you've got to get the... Because they want to see the whole week yeah. to make sure that, you know, because uh, there is a lot of, um, I suppose, thought... Um, and I probably believe this, there's a lot of head knocks that happen during a training more than games. Um, so it's, it's that desire to get a good, clear picture of the whole week and then making sure that they can, I suppose, somehow make use of that data to change the weeks. So who enforces that? The club doctor, it'll management? Be, yeah, it will be medical, medical, medical personnel. Team. Yeah, That's the, and they'll be making sure that the mouth guard is on you know, at, at all times, kind of similar to the way you used to get your, your studs checked. Yeah, like it's like a GPS. It'll, it'll yeah. be on a computer if it's in or, in or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, you know, and there might be some weeks where there isn't contact, so you're not going to go... Yeah, there's just a few things to work, work out. Right. But if everyone has an open mind, we'll find the solution. Um, but if, if we are firm in our thoughts, it makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. Right, so... Tipping at superrugby.co.nz, tipping.superrugby.co.nz, Aotearoa Rugby Pod League. Let's have a look at this weekend's games. Uh, Chiefs, Crusaders. Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs, Brent? Home advantage. That's why. You've made the bold call already. You just have to follow I have made, up. I have made the bold call. I have made the bold call. Crusaders, but Crusaders will win, though. Crusaders will win. <laughs> Well, the Chiefs, but honestly, preseason form wasn't the Chiefs, that strong. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't. Uh, but I think just to think considering, um, you know, where the, where, the, where the squad's at, the All Black boys haven't actually played a lot of minutes. Um, there's obviously going to be the rivalry and around what Luke Jacobson's saying around it's personal for them. So it'll be a big week for them. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough ask for the Crusaders to go up there round one. But um, I'll back the Chiefs. I'll be, sorry, I'll back the um, Crusaders. The, the key, though, when you start thinking about it being personal is you don't want the emotion to... You know, detract you from what you've got to go out there and do, and that's the that's why the Crusaders, um, they just so they just they don't have that. I suppose that emotion. They are just so matter of fact. This is how we play. I've said it time and time again. You know how they're going to play. Peter, but stopping it is yeah. the challenge. Right here. Yeah. Okay, Rebels, Brumbies, 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 Brumbies. Force v Canes. Canes away. Bryn? Oh, I saw like a couple of the boys on Instagram. It's like 42 degrees there. So like, um, obviously it might be a bit cooler. I'll go the Hurricanes, but yeah, wouldn't be surprised if that's a, you know, first game of the year, they, they lose that game. Tough in Perth, first game, especially being that hot, but I'll go the Canes. Yeah, I'm going Canes. Right, Blues v. Drew. Blues. At, Blues at home. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, there was only, well, I won't even ask a question. Blues v. Drew. Uh, blues, but man, it'll be oh, great. It'll be a great night. It's up in Northern, correct? Fun it, it is. Eh? It is. Mm. The Naughty North. Yep. Yep. Naughty North. No, no, that's what um, Tom Robinson always <laughs> called it. The Naughty North. <laughs> well, there's definitely a story there. <laughs> Probably with him. Yes. Highlanders versus MP. Highlanders. Yep, Highlanders. I've been impressed with MP preseason, though. Yeah. I think they've, yeah. Mm. Obviously, I've, yeah. I want them to do well. I'm a big fan of Tom Coventry's and, and Tana's, but I definitely think you've seen an impact of, of them. 
Yeah, and we spoke with James Lay, the new captain, and we'll play his, his interview in the weeks to come as well. He was, he was great. an impressive yeah. character, very impressive character. Yeah, and he just articulated this season plan and what they've been about very well. Yeah, yeah good insight there. Reds v Tars. Reds. Bryn? Uh, I'll go Tars. Even though Morgan Tarunui doesn't feel that I've got a tight head <laughs> <laughs> and Angus Bells and the Waratahs, uh, I might change that closer to kickoff, actually. Yeah. Mind you, I've got the Tars finishing last. I can't. I've got to go to the Reds. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, you can't. I want you to die on that. I, right there, I, right? wanted, I wanted to create a little bit of spice, a little bit of a talking point, you know, if we'd just gone through the status quo, you know. Yeah. But it, it, it could be a disaster. Right, yeah. Hey, you've, made, you've made a couple of massive calls, Jim. You've yeah, got mate. Highlanders finishing fourth. Season five, mate. I, just, I really want to bring it in, bring a bit of spice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he started strongly. Okay. You have to back them. Plenty of rugby to watch this weekend. And there's also OPICI next weekend starting as well. So it's going to be a pretty full-on few weeks <laughs> with the rugby is. tournament's going on. Plenty to watch. Uh, your wife's given up for the next 40 weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she gave up about six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Probably 17 years ago, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us for the first episode of the year of the Aotearoa Rugby Pod. Of course, we love your input, so please, could you send us an email, aotearoarugbypod at sky.co.nz. We'll take your questions, we'll try to answer them as we can, and get into as many as we can each week. So get in there, get into the tipping comp as well. We really appreciate you catching us on Sky, across all of Sky's platforms, on Rugby Pass as well. We'll get to you wherever you can find us, whether it's audio or video. We'll do what we can to answer your questions and get you involved within the show. So thank you very much for joining us again, Jipper. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate your time. Oh, it's good to be back. Yeah, good to have the, the, the tan and the legs and the yep. panels oh, in the studio. Oh, oh, I'll wear some pants and shoes next yeah. week. I know. Well, it's still summer. Okay, You've still okay, got, okay. you know, a few weeks to go. Yeah, yeah, beauty. <laughs> and Brent, appreciate your time. Good to be back, boys. Good to see us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> We'll catch you all next week on the Aotearoa Rugby Pod. Enjoy your first weekend of Super Rugby and Six Nations. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business. Removing friction and frustration for your employees. Supercharging productivity for your developers. Providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.